Three. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophia Huerta, and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign. And you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. You heard it here from her first. This is Sophia Huerta from the OL Reign. Um, this is, I believe, my fourth OL Reign interview. So that's really cool. Just great to have more of you guys on here. Uh, this is the uh, Seattle interview series number 19. W League champion, She Believes Cup champion, NWSL second 11, three times, current OL Reign member, obviously. You know, how are you doing? How are things going? I know we've got a little bit of a break here uh, after Challenge Cup has sort of wrapped up um, and before regular season starts. How have you been doing? I'm doing well, you know. I mean, obviously, um, I'm not sure if you know, but I got traded like during COVID, basically. Oh, um, I thought so you were saying is... something happened recently. I was like, oh, what? no. No, uh, I was I got, so scared. I, got, I was like, what happened? Okay. No, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. good. We're good. I'm not going to get <laughs> traded again, hopefully. But I got traded to this team right before COVID hit. So yeah. I actually never came to Seattle last year or Tacoma. I stayed in Idaho. Quarant- yeah, I was in quarantine with my parents. And um, so I've never really had a legit year here yet obviously everyone had a really weird year but like I was I wasn't even here and then we obviously had the challenge cup last year in Utah and so this is the first year that I'm like in my apartment I'm in Tacoma I feel like I'm actually on the team and it's been really good I mean I love the team everyone's really welcoming and nice and the team's really good there's a lot of new faces from like the coaching staff to people who do behind the scenes, like things behind the scenes and then even players. I mean, it's a, it's a really new team. I think there's like, you can basically say there's kind of like a rebranding, right. With Leon buying or, you know, owning the team now, a lot of new people. So obviously that takes some time to adjust to and getting to know um, one another's tendencies on and off the field, but it's been a really good uh, year so far. We just finished a challenge cup. We placed second behind Portland who ended up winning yesterday and, PKs and then we start the regular season next week and um, on Saturday versus North Carolina who are pretty much like the reigning champs every year Um, (laughs) so it's going to be a fun game it's interesting you mentioned you know just so many new faces because it is interesting to see you know the the transfers from players are not even necessarily with the team right now that might join later and uh you know, in reading about the team, I know that they own the NWSL rights to Rose Lavelle. So that's, it's interesting to see how transfers work. I have to admit, I haven't, I don't have the, the, you know, total knowledge of soccer and all transfer windows and all that, but it's, it's interesting to see how it works and sort of uh, interesting to see, like you said, all the new faces. So I want to jump sort of to the beginning. Where would you say that your passion for soccer sort of began or took off? Yeah, well, when I was little, um, you know, I have a brother and a sister and they played soccer growing up. And so I just obviously wanted to be like them. So that's how I got into it. Um, and then when I was younger, I remember watching the 99ers, you know, win, win the World Cup. And that was something that I knew that I wanted to do one day. And so I think from an early stage, I just loved soccer. It was like really fun for me. Um, you know, I found myself to be quite good. Uh, everyone loves being good at something you know I just always like loved playing so when when you ask me when I really felt the passion I mean my whole life I loved competing and winning and scoring and and playing in games but I would say my like it really came 
probably when I was in Chicago, I was a pro, you know, when I'm, when you're in club college, you know, you, you think, you know, everything, you think you're really good, you know, and when you get become a pro, it, it takes everything to the next level. So of course I was passionate about soccer growing up in my whole life, but really when I was, was probably my third year in the league, I understood how to be a true professional. I understood what it was going to take. I realized, you know, you travel a lot. It's a lot of your time. It's, it's exhausting mentally, physically, all these things. I think that's when I really knew I was so passionate about soccer because regardless of what happened, I was going to play until I couldn't. And I realized that when I was 24, I said, I will play soccer as long as I can. As long as I'm good, as long as I'm playing, like I'll play. Um, so I think that's probably when I really realized I was super, super passionate about it. That That's, you know, I, I always do enjoy sort of revisiting that because it's interesting to see how everybody reaches, you know, where they're at you know, how, cause not everybody, there's no, there's no template for how to, you know, reach a professional sport, reach professional soccer. So it is sort of interesting to hear that, you know, not even until you're pro, you sort of find the way that goes. So it is, it's interesting to hear to me um, to take a step away from soccer, even though I just asked you about soccer, what would you say your second favorite sport outside of soccer was? Because if I'm correct in my research, you played basketball and track in high school. Did either of those take the cake for you? Or is there another one that you sort of see as um, a favorite outside of soccer? Loved playing basketball. Uh, I just, I enjoyed it so much. I wish I was better, to be honest. I think it's so fun and exciting. And I also loved playing volleyball a lot as well, but I didn't play volleyball in high school because it was the same time as soccer. So I did like soccer, basketball and track, you know, soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, track in the spring. So, I mean, my second favorite sport, definitely basketball, but um, yeah, I hated track. Oh, horrible. <laughs> um, well, in terms horrible. of basketball, uh, in terms of basketball, you've got a, a good team to root for here in the storm being four-time champs and coming off that championship, you know, uh, but yeah, track, uh, I've, I've never been too much of a fan of uh, long distance running in that form. Mm-hmm. That, not my thing. Yeah. Um, what influences uh, led to you attending the San- uh, Santa Clara university? What, came together for you to go to that university and or what rather led you there well yeah just like um the top players in every state right you uh, are recruited and I you know was heavily recruited by some of the best universities for sure more more so like on the west coast so like I never talked to like Florida or North Carolina or what like east coast I don't know I I don't know I guess it wasn't that that good but it was the the teams over here who saw me more growing up. And yeah, I, I knew I wanted to be in California. Don't know why. Just felt like California was kind of my spot where I wanted to be. And, you know, you look at the universities in California and it's basically Cal, Stanford, Santa Clara that are like the top the soccer programs, you know. So I uh, you know, visited all three and I loved Santa Clara and I loved Stanford. Um, and it was a really hard decision for me. But ultimately, I think it came down to, you know, what was going to be possible for my parents. Um, and that, you know, obviously that was a big thing, but also like meeting the coaching staff and, and the players, I just felt like I was going to find a lot of success at Santa Clara. And like, when you're that young making such a big decision, that's kind of what you have to base it off of. Right. Like, of course it, I kind of got nervous. Like, Oh, like what happens if I commit to Stanford and, 
I don't get the right SAT score. Like, you know, I, I had that thought a little bit, but I'm like, oh, okay, let's take that out of it. And let's just look at the soccer piece. Like, where am I going to find the most success? And I just felt like I was going to get more attention at Santa Clara. Um, and I felt like Jerry really, really wanted me. And that was important to me. Whereas when at Stanford, I was just another good player because they had mm. so many, you know? Yeah, no, it's like you said, when you're making a decision that big at that age, it's like, what, what's going to benefit me the most going forward? You know, what's going to set me up the best. And obviously sometimes for some people, that's not necessarily the first choice and they'll transfer, you know? So uh, yeah, I think uh, when you're looking at it, like you said, it comes down to that. What's going to benefit me most going forward. Um, and I guess, you know, who values you better, you more, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like you said, why be so, another someone, when you know you can tell that you're valued by the coach there Um, right speaking about college soccer do you have a favorite college soccer uh soccer you know college soccer uh memory uh I mean I had so many good memories at Santa Clara I I don't know if I could just pick one but gosh there's so many I remember, I mean, there's like this iconic photo of me. Well, I think it's iconic. Probably not everyone does, but where we were playing Stanford and actually my, my four years at Santa Clara, we never beat Stanford, not once, but one of the times it was one, one. And the last five minutes I scored like the best goal ever that I've ever scored in my life. And, uh, I like ran to the bench and there's a photo of me just like, you know, I'm obviously so passionate and you know, that was a really cool moment for me because I think as an athlete, it's really hard to show up in those big moments. Like it is, you know, and when people do, that's when they're really recognized. And it's like, wow, they're the greatest LeBron, Megan Rapinoe, the greatest, but people say that after a big world cup and, you know, performance after that. So, you know, it happened. I, we were playing Stanford and I scored and, you know, it was two to one and there was only like 12 seconds left before one of our defenders caused a PK and they scored and we went to overtime and they ultimately ended up winning. But in that short moment, um, <laughs> it was very cool. You know, the whole school was there. It was like opening night, you know, they marketed it really well. I mean, the stadium was full, like filled completely and it was like awesome. So it was a really cool experience. Would you say that, you know, with the way that it went with, you know, just how, maybe you reviewed by Stanford. Um, was there any motivation to play against Stanford? It was like, Oh, you know, I didn't go there. They're just another team that we have to play. I mean, I think there was a little extra motivation because it was like, Hey Paul, you weren't going to offer me. That's his, the coach's name at Stanford. Hey Paul, like you weren't going to offer me a full ride, which is what I needed, you mm. know, to be able to come to Stanford. Yeah. Um, cause you didn't think I was good enough. Cause I wasn't, their whole rule was that if you weren't involved with these national teams, they couldn't offer you a full ride. So I guess when I was playing against them, I wanted to be like, Hey, just because I wasn't on the national team, youth national teams doesn't mean I wasn't as good as like the other players you gave full rides to, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it was always fun playing them, you know? So then we, we jump here to the NWSL what draft memories do you hold? Because I know for some people that's, you know, that's a life-changing experience. Sometimes it might not, you know, go out the way that people uh, want it to, you know, what memories do you hold from the draft? Um, and then your time with Chicago, as you, you talked about Chicago a little bit uh, when you, you know, mentioned your passion in soccer, what do you hold from, you know, being drafted there as well as your time with the Red Stars? Memories that I have from the draft. Well, I, I didn't go because I just wasn't sure that year. My Santa Clara actually didn't even qualify for the 
for the NCAA tournament, which is the first time in a really long time. And obviously it was a little bit of a shock because we ended up second in the WCC and the third and fourth and the fifth place teams went, it was like very odd, you know, the RPI um, formula can be weird sometimes. Um, so is it RPI? I think it is. That's what it's called, right? It's just like um, a formula they do. Um, so yeah, we didn't end up making the tournament. So I was just unsure of when I would get drafted. I wasn't sure if I would get drafted. You know, I, I spent all of Christmas break staying training with Jerry, but also making a highlight video of myself so I could send it to the, the pro teams. So I just wasn't sure, you know, so I didn't go to the draft. I felt like it was more important for me to be around my best friends and, you know, my family at the time. So they all flew to me and, um, you know, obviously I had my team at Santa Clara and we were just in the room, like, you know, listening to the draft and, uh, was drafted 11th, which is my favorite number. Um, I'm number 11 to Chicago and I was really excited and I spent three and a half years there. Team was very good. We always made it to, um, the playoffs and, you know, found a lot of success and I loved playing there, but then ultimately I needed to make a career choice and I then got traded to Houston. Um, but my years at Chicago were a lot of fun and I appreciate like all my teammates and all my friends who I met there and the coaching staff. And, you know, I love Chicago a lot, but you know, I made that decision back in 2017 or was it 2018 that getting traded was probably the best thing for my career. So there's two things, two things that I want to branch off. First, number 11, is there a story behind the number 11 or is it just something that you've always liked? Is there a story behind wearing number 11 and having that as a favorite number? Yeah, there's a little bit of a story, but I, I no one knows. <laughs> But it's my favorite number as well. So we'll so leave it, it kind at of that. fit when that happened, huh? Kind yeah. Of gotcha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then with with the trade from Chicago, was that tough to sort of make that decision and say, you know, this I, I, I enjoy it here, but, you know, I, I need a change. And then what what thoughts do you have when you found out that Houston was going to be the next step? Yeah. Well, when I was playing on Chicago, I was an attacker and that's when I was playing pretty well and I was getting called up to the national team and the national team coach at the time, Jill Ellis felt that playing outside back was kind of like going to be my way into the 23 for the world cup. So I was playing forward for my club and then would go into camp and play outside back and you know, I think it, it, it's hard to talk about because I think ultimately if you're a good soccer player, you should be able to play wherever, but it wasn't as easy as it sounds, you know, going from an attacker who doesn't really have to think too much defensively, then being put into the back line where that's pretty much all you have to think about. Yeah. Um, and just, I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to really learn those basic defensive principles because I never really got to play there. So I would continue doing that for a year and a half where I'd go into camp, play defense, come to club, play forward. And then finally it was like, okay, I think you need to play. Jill said, I think you need to play outside back in the NWSL. I think that's the only way, you know, we can try to make this work. So I told my coach, I wanted to be traded and, you know, everyone involved told me that I was going to play outside back at Houston. And you know, at the time Houston was really not a good team. I mean, really, they were like last in, in the NWSL standing. So I thought, you know, this is going to maybe not be great, but I'll play outside back and that's important and I'll get better at that position. So I got traded and uh, didn't see one minute at outside back, which is, um, you know, it was disappointing. Also a little funny because I was like, wow, at least at, 
at, in Chicago, I was put at outside back every once in a while, you know, Rory Dames had put me there just to try and help me. It was every once in a while, but just wasn't as much as I wanted it to be. So yeah, I went to Houston and didn't play one minute at outside back. Not one. So then obviously I asked for a trade <laughs> a season later and I got traded to the rain because I'm like, I, I, I mean, obviously it's, I understand that, you know, this is a, a job and, you know, the, this is a professional environment and this is kind of what happens, but I just felt like, no, I can't stay here. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, it's interesting to me to think about this because I, I, you know, with the show, I cover a decent amount of sports and seeing, I'll take it uh, in the NFL. That's how we'll relate it. Just people, you know, they don't like their playing situation. They don't like what's going on and they don't want to be there. You know, guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't happy with his current situation in Green Bay. doesn't really want to be there. So it's, it's interesting right. how, you know, maybe in the past it's like, Oh, you got to just suck it up and just suffer there, I guess, you know, to nowadays where it seems like that's more of something that's becoming a reality. It's like, Hey, if this isn't the best situation for me, I don't want to be here. You know? Well, you, yeah. You slowly start realizing like, it's not, yeah. I mean, you have some people who are like, it's all about the sport, but you know, there is something to having balance and something to having like more than just your sport, which ultimately will help you perform probably better at your sport because you're not over analyzing everything, you know? And I just felt like at Houston, like from the beginning, it started off rocky and I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to probably find success here. So I need to leave. Oh Yeah um like you said that's that's something that decision you need to make uh kind of uh, a similar question what what are your thoughts when you were first uh when you were uh traded to the rain was there any sort of preliminary thinking you know you come up the pacific northwest um obviously not right away but were there any preliminary thoughts when uh you heard that it was going to be ol really excited you know obviously there's so many appealing things to wanting to play for the rain um the history of the club is very great. You hear a lot about, you know, the reputation of the girls and, you know, obviously they're, you know, they've won a lot of games over the years since I've been the NWCL, Seattle's always been a winning team. So there's that piece to it, but then also obviously just bought out by OL. Um, so I just figured, you know, maybe they won't have too much of an impact, but they're going to have a little. And I think that that's a team that I want to be a part of that's associated with OL for sure. Or Leon, you know, so I was really excited. I know a couple girls on the team, of course, you know, you know, everyone on every team, basically it's a small soccer community, but I was excited. You know, my sister lives in Tacoma. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. My family's really close. It's like an hour flight from Idaho. So I just kind of felt like I was going home, even though I actually have no ties to Washington, <laughs> but it felt more like home than, you know, let's say Chicago or Houston. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, there's a tie in here with Houston, but I'll get to, I'll just get to the question first. Uh, how valuable would you say that your time spent in with the Australia clubs, Adelaide United and Sydney FC were to your career as a whole? How important would you say that going overseas would be to, you know, whether it's just your career in general or you getting better as a player? Um, and I'll note this now, that's what I was alluding to is Amber Brooks spent time with Adelaide United. Um, how valuable would you say that time over there would be to your career as a whole? Well, I think it differs for every player, right? You know, when I was first in the league, we had a really short season. Season was like six months. And you basically had like a five-month off season. 
you know, it was like, you came in early for preseason and then, you know, so it was like five months of off season and then you came in before the start. So it was like, in my mind, I'm like, this is impossible. When how am I going to find training for five months? There's no way I'm going to really be able to get better. And so the only other option was like, okay, we go play in Australia. You know, that was the only option for me. So I think being from Idaho and always relying on my athletic ability, which is funny because now you compare me to the girls in the league and I'm really not that athletic, but growing up, I thought I was super fast. Well, I was in Idaho. Right. So it's like, I really relied on that. And then I came to the league and it's like, Oh, well, everyone's fast. Everyone's athletic. And I just felt like I was really not that technical. Mm. Like I was all right but I really wasn't that technical. And so I think for me specifically, it was great for me to go play abroad because it allowed me to just get that many more touches on the ball. You know, you have some players who are naturally gifted or who have worked on their technical side their whole life. You know, I never did that. We never did that in Idaho. It was not a thing. I never did that. So it was really important for me to just add those touches, add those games, add those trainings, um, which I, I sent, I did for three off seasons. So really I, I haven't had an off season for a very long time. COVID was really, or, you know, when we were quarantining was really the first time I had that. But even when I was doing that, I, I found a trainer in Idaho who I trusted a lot and we worked together, you know? So, um, for me, it was important. I feel like I really passed a step after my first season with Adelaide, um, that was in 2016, 2017. Um, and I just felt like I got way more technical and I was ready to come into the NW cell and, and make a difference, which is what happened. And then I was on the national team. So for me, it was great. Um, I know some players, it wouldn't be the move for them, but I felt like it was really important. What differences would you say that you noticed, you know, playing abroad as compared to in the NWSL? Were there anything that, any things that really stuck out to you? Uh, in comparison between the two? I think it depends on where you play abroad, for sure. I mean, again, I went to Australia, so there's a, a huge difference in terms of the competition. I mean, Australia's league is just not as good as the NWSL. It's just the reality. So, like, their internationals are NW, NWSL players who go over to Australia, whereas, like, every NWSL team has Americans on it, you know? So it, it's it's definitely not as competitive. They're much younger you know, they go pro when they're 16 there. Um, oh, wow. Obviously, our system's a little different here in America. There's a bunch of differences. But in the lifestyle, it's just completely different being in Australia. You know, it's kind of like, hey, let's go to the beach all day. And then we'll just get dressed and go to training. I would never do that here. You know, huh. like we'd have training at night. You know, it's like if I had a training in the NWSL like at night, I'm resting and I'm making sure I'm ready for my training at night because it's going to be competitive and I want to start in the game. But in Australia, you can kind of like do whatever you want, go on a hike, go to the beach, get off a ball, and then you go to practice. Huh. <laughs> it's just funny. So it was, it, it's a very different culture, even though in Australia they speak the same language, it's very different. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to jump here to international team. Uh, how was it playing with a broken elbow? How how do you, how do you even, I, I'm, it just kind of astonishes me. Uh, uh, if I'm correct, scored seven goals across those four games at the time uh, for team Mexico, but how was that? Wh what are you thinking? You know, not like asking you, why would you do that? What goes through your head during those games? I mean, is there any pain or is it, how, how was playing with that broken elbow at the time? 
Well, it's a really long time ago, nearly 10 years ago. So it's kind of, you know, hard to recall some things, but I technically, my elbow wasn't broken really anymore. So basically I broke my elbow hairline fracture, wasn't going to be able to compete in the U20 world cup, which obviously I've been preparing for, for months. Um, and they thought it was going to be anywhere from a four to six week recovery. And after two weeks, I got another MRI and I was fine. Oh, I see. so I think I just healed really quickly <laughs> or the hairline fracture. Like, I mean, obviously it was very, very small. So, you know, I think I just got lucky, but it was funny. I, I, I do remember this. The moment I got into the game, I fell on my elbow and it was fine. So. Huh. Uh. Damn, I find it kind of embarrassing. I was like, oh, damn, playing with a broken elbow. And it's like, oh, well, wasn't that bad. I was like, oh, okay. Um, what ultimately motivated the decision to make the change and play for the U.S. national team? Um, you know, being the first female player to play for the United States national team and then play as well as play against the United States national team. What goes through your head? Hey, I need to, I want to make this switch. Um for you what what uh was the motivation behind that well there wasn't ever really a time where it was a tough decision going from Mexico to U.S. the toughest decision was should I even play for Mexico you know back when I was 19 and they invited me up to the whole team it was like well I've always had the stream to play for the U.S. yes I went to the U20 World Cup with Mexico but that was just an opportunity and you know, I knew I couldn't get cap tied playing on the youth team. So I didn't think anything of it. And when they asked me to play for the full team, I was like, Ugh. that was, that decision was hard because I wanted to, but I also did not want to be cap tied. And I just didn't know exactly how that works, but I made the decision to play for Mexico, played in a few games with them, one being against us. And the score was eight to zero. And uh, I just remember thinking like, you know, I'm not that bad of a sore loser, but I will say that like being on the bench and hearing the national anthem and like the U.S. national anthem, I was like, that's way more home to me mm. than, you know, even though I'm very proud of my Mexican heritage. I'm, I'm very proud of my father and where he's from and all my family in Mexico. It just didn't speak to me um, as much as playing for the U.S. So I had recognized that at the time declined the rest of the calls uh from mexico for like a few years until i was called into the u.s and that's when i needed to make the the change um and that was a very easy decision to make I, a lot of people were concerned i remember jill calling me and she said like you realize that if you make the switch you can never go back to mexico and i was like yeah no that's fine that's okay like i want to make i want to be on the u.s team and and i know that now since i've been on the u.s team and haven't been called in for a little bit people always ask me like do you regret that and I'm like no of course not like that was always my dream and I didn't even know Mexico was an option until I was 19 really I never thought of it and you know I'm really happy with what I decided to do because I think it's like really pushed me on and off the field you know being on the team not being on the team getting called in not getting called in I mean it's it's been rough but um, I've learned a lot about myself and I don't think that I would learn these things you know if I would have never chose to play for the U.S. So you kind of alluded to it uh, at the end there, but what sort of magnitude does playing for the international team for the, you know, the U S what kind of uh, magnitude does that hold? You know, cause that's such a thing that, you know, as you were talking about, 
it's a dream for people. What are you able to put into words how much that means to you playing for the national team? Yeah, I mean, I think it means, I mean, when I was younger, it meant everything. As I've gotten older, I've definitely had to work on this and, you know, take the pressure off and, you know, remind myself that it's not everything. And that just making the national team doesn't mean that I'm more successful. It doesn't mean that I'm a better person or, and that, you know, it doesn't mean as much as I think it does, you know, and I've had to like, talk myself through that and work through that because it's difficult, you know, that's like your, your goal. And when you get like a little bit of it and it gets taken away from you, it's, it's hard. I think, you know, obviously it means a lot though, because it, it reassures that everything that you've done and all the work you've put in, it's paying off, right? Like it means that you're one of the best. It doesn't want to be the best at something. If you're on the national team, you're one of the best in the world you know, and you can compete on the world stage. So that means so much, but I think over the years I've, I've learned that, you know, why put so much pressure on yourself? You know, the national team is fantastic, but I'm sure people on the national team have problems too. You know, I'm sure they have a lot of pressure. I'm sure it's hard. You know, you don't make the starting lineup. You feel like you should, you know, it's all the same thing. So, you know, can I just take the pressure off and, and play well on the club level and hopes to get back on the national team? That, you know, I think it would mean so much more this time around than honestly it did when I was younger. It is interesting, you know, to hear that put into perspective as somebody who's, you know, gone through that. It's like, hey, there's obviously more to, you know, doing all this than just that. So it is interesting to hear, you know, your perspective on that and how that's gone. Um, I want to take it now to the rain. Um, And you mentioned, you know, 2020 and having challenge cup not the way it normally goes how was 2020 for you as a player and then as a person how did you get through that year um both as a player as well as off off the field well I was really lucky in 2020 because um you know I was able to almost like re re not rekindle that sounds weird but kind of like my relationship with my family you know I haven't lived with them in a long time hadn't been around them for a long time. And so I got to go and be in Idaho and spend a lot of time with my brother, my mom, my dad. So like, really, when I look back on it, 2020 was like a really great year for me because even though it was hard, of course, and everyone's lives changed drastically and it was dangerous and, you know, unsafe for some people, it was so nice to like be with my family again and just kind of take a little bit of a break. But, um, I also trained really hard during that time. Like I was training with my my coach growing up and we went Monday through Friday, you know, for those like three months, basically, um, when everyone was quarantining. So, you know, I also felt like I kind of took my game to the next level as well. Um, but then challenge cup came and I, I hurt myself and I wasn't able to play in the first stages, like the, the stage games, um, until the semifinal basically. So that was, you know, tough. I really wanted to, to play and improve myself on the new team and, and whatnot, but, you know, things happen, you got to move forward and, you know, now it's 2021 and hopefully only up from here, I think things are becoming more normal, obviously, you know, just in the soccer world, which is very small, but, you know, things are getting back to normal. Fans are there, you know, we're having a full season. So hopefully 2021 will be better, but, you know, 2020 for me, there's a silver lining in everything, right? So it really wasn't that horrible. 
Um, although the days went by pretty slow sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, so how did you hear about the trade to the rain? Because something that stuck out to me, a story that stuck out to me about hearing about trades is, uh, Cosette Morche, uh, heard about her trade because the team DM'd her on Instagram. And I was like, that is at least to me on a professional level. I was like, how does that happen? Instead of somebody else saying, Hey, we're trading you, you know, uh, how did you hear about the trade? Well, that is really unfortunate for Cozy. I'll have to ask her about that because that's very unprofessional. And I did not know that. But um, yeah, my situation was a bit different. I asked for both of my trades. And so I was very in the loop through my agent, you know, what was happening. And I was, you know, talking to him often, hearing about what teams were saying, which teams wanted me and which teams didn't and all the above. So I, for me, I was, none of them were a shock. Um, I knew basically where I was going right away. And um, you know, I, I knew the rain was really interested in me and that was a club that I wanted to go to, you know, there were a couple other teams interested in me, but, uh, I didn't necessarily feel like they'd be a fit. So I was like to my agent, Hey, want to go to the rain and you know, it happened. So I was lucky in that sense. I know people find out, you know, they're blindsided and stuff. So I've been really fortunate, but sometimes that's worth knowing because then it's like, do I actually have a decision in this? Like, should I say I want to go here but is that really the best decision like it's almost like the more you know sometimes it's not the best but again thankful that I was kept in the loop though still do you have any thoughts on playing in Cheney Stadium I know it's kind of an interesting venue to play in and that uh the ownership has said hey we're not moving the club we're actually we're invested into this club in the area and I know that mm-hmm. uh with oh shoot i forgot the name of the of the new facility the new training field but obviously the new training field and that they're looking at different options right now for Mm -hmm. uh, teams on facility but do you have any thoughts on playing in cheney stadium um i mean (laughs) i will say as someone who takes the corner kicks it's pretty difficult because (laughs) you basically get no room um but you know it's great i think that it's a, it's a smaller stadium. So, you know, there can only be 2000 fans there, but you really feel like there's a lot of fans there. Um, so that's really cool. I've only played there a few times, but you know, I like it. It's, it's, you know, it takes getting used to right. Being on a baseball field compared to just like a soccer specific field, but I, I have no, as long as it's not turf, I'm okay. To your point, you know, uh, speaking about having people there, at least when I remember when we were at that uh, at the game against Chicago, uh, it was really interesting. You know, obviously things aren't in full capacity right now, but getting that first goal, the challenge cup for the team, how loud it was. I was like, damn, that was a lot of pent up energy, I think, just to sort of get that underway. And then obviously the flood of goals from the, the rest of the game there, having three. It, it was it was interesting for me because I had only I had been to games up when it was at Memorial Stadium here. Um but then Shaney, I hadn't been to Shaney since maybe a Rainier's game way back. So it was interesting to be back in the building. Um, but, you know, I can't complain. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on up here in Washington? Because I know, like you said, haven't really had as much time here um, around the area. But what are your sort of thoughts on it right now? I know, you know, being from not too far away, uh, you might have been pretty at least a little bit familiar. But what are your thoughts 
on the area uh, currently? I love um, where we live, to be honest. It's so beautiful here surrounding the water. Like, you know, I really like this area. I mean, I knew I would like it. Nothing's to say, you know, nothing compares to the Pacific Northwest. I really believe that. You know, you have everything you need here to mountains, to the lake, the ocean, you know, whatever you need, it's here. So I really like it here and I'm definitely glad to be here. So now this is something that I've, I've kept sort of away here for a little bit um, after mentioning Houston. What's your relationship like with Amber Brooks? You know, you both were in that trade from Houston. Uh, is there a friendship there, you know, from spending time in Houston now with the rain? Or is it more, you know, you guys are teammates now, maybe didn't talk in Houston? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think that, we're older, right? We're like kind of veterans in leagues. We have our own lives. So we're not hanging out all the time, but like we're, we're teammates, we're friends. We, we like talking about soccer. We take ice baths together. You know, I think trades can always be difficult. And when we were both getting traded to the rain, we kind of knew and we called each other and we talked about it. So, you know, we're friends. Um, she's a great competitor. You know, she's always someone you don't want to have playing like you want to have her on your team and not playing against her you know so I'm glad that uh when I left Houston she came with me to the rain <laughs> do you have anybody that really stuck out to you in the challenge cup you know on the rain is there anybody that you kind of looked at and said wow they're they're kind of lighting it up because at least for me Leah Pruitt was kind of all over the field in those challenge cup games and I was kind of like she's having such a big impact um so is there anybody that you kind of looked at on the team and said they're really just kind of lighting it up. Um, I think that, yeah, I was really impressed by a lot of people. I think our young forwards, Lee and Z did really well. Um, you know, you can't ever not include Jess Fishlock and Shirley, you know, in that conversation, those are just two soccer legends. So I think anytime they're on the field, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But, you know, I was, I think our team can definitely be better, but I was really impressed by pretty much everyone. So with that being said, I want to kind of take a detour um, with things. How do I put this? Sorry, lost my words there for a second. In more recent years, I know over the pandemic, I think uh, ESPN had NWSL on for like the first time ever, I think, if I remember that headline correctly. Um, and just in, with that happening and with there was uh, a news outlet here that did a 2020 in review right sort of a little like notebook thing they completely failed to mention the storm winning the wnba title which is kind of hard to do i'd think if you ignore were, it uh, yeah sports. do you have any uh th things or steps that you would recommend you know with the things that you think that you know at least in the media that need to be done to continue to help grow women's sports because from what i understand and just listening because you know obviously i'm not a woman in sports I just, you know, continue to listen and hear from the players, you know, obviously with the rain, but also uh, with Juloid with the storm, I did her an interview with her. It's just a lot of it's just actually, you know, making sure that you do cover the teams and actually put that spotlight on and not just not do that. Like a lot of these outlets do. Do you have any sort of steps to what, you know, we in the media can do to sort of just do our part really? Well, I think really the number one thing is exposure, which is like, you know, what we're essentially talking about, right? It's like ESPN, the first time you said they had 
an NWSL game was, you know, I don't even remember, but you know, it's like, we need those big social media platforms and TV networks to, to be giving us exposure. You know, it's like, it, it kind of sucks. You know, sometimes it's really hard for me to like get the games on TV. Like, you know, we don't really ever have games on TV. And then it's like, oh, you have to download Paramount Plus. And then you're just getting a subscription. It's like, why can't we just be on TV? <laughs> like, this is insane. But I, I think it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's getting better. The more, like, this is why I always say yes to podcasts like this, because it's like, you know, hopefully it gives us more exposure, right? And, you know, I just think that's the number one thing. It's exposure. And then it's like fighting that fight for equality. It's like, we don't even have the basic needs that are the same as men when it comes to playing. Like, how are we ever going to have, you know, that be that we can't expect society to have, you know, those equal, you know, comparison if we don't even have that right now. Like we need that number one to be first. And it's just having that support from everyone in the media outlets, you know, that we deserve the same amount of money or, you know, support and facilities and everything as the men, you know? That's, you know, like I said, that's why I enjoy doing this so much is just hearing, you know, from you guys, what I can do, you know, obviously I'm not ESPN or one of the major, you know, news outlets, but just doing what I can and making sure that these stories are told because sometimes, you know, someone I go onto the street might not know that there's a professional women's soccer league, you know, trying to do what I can. And again, I appreciate having you on. It really is great to do these. Um, But yeah, just trying to learn as I can and just hearing from you guys is I really appreciate you again, taking time out of your day. Um, yeah of course and just the words that you can offer um i want to end with the lightning round this is just a bunch of sort of supposed to be quick hitters um do you have a game day item that you cannot go without a game day item i can't yeah, go without that, you know you need to have on a game day if you're superstitious or not oatmeal okay Oh, so that kind of takes out the game day meal question, I would assume. <laughs> uh, do you have a secret talent? This is, I'm so bad at this. This isn't even fun. Do I have a secret talent? Oh my gosh, do I? I don't know. Now I need to think about this. I don't think I do. <laughs> That's okay. You don't need to. Just seeing if there's something that, you know, people might not know. Um, do you have a favorite current soccer player? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm blanking on his name right now, which is really bad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he plays for Man City. He's young. He's that winger. Plays for England. Oh, shoot. I need to look this up. <laughs> I'm just blanking on his name. Hold on. Let me look it up. This is not lightning round. I'll tell you this much. Give me a sec. I don't know why it's just so hard for me to remember his name. I'm blanking. You don't know who I'm talking about? Do you not watch soccer? I have to admit, I can't get into the uh, 
clubs overseas, there's just so much for me to pay attention to. So I just, I stick to my local teams usually. Um, it's you guys and the Sounders or my, my teams. Oh, here he is. Here he is. Phil Foden. Okay. Is there any reason behind that? I just think he's sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite pair of cleats to play in? Is there a favorite model that you Nemesis. have? And then do you have a favorite Seattle athlete? favorite Seattle athlete I mean I guess maybe Russell Wilson okay what you wouldn't go with Megan you wouldn't pick your teammate on that one I guess sure I'll pick Megan or Pino (laughs) you don't have to um those are always kind of tough because like I don't like putting people on the spot but again I want to thank you you know for your time obviously this is being recorded uh well people don't know what time this is being recorded at but just appreciate you taking time out of day is there anything that you want to leave off on obviously like you said the games are on paramount plus which sucks i know the broadcast schedule got released but it's i got it anyway just because i was like hey this is the option to watch the games on i'm gonna watch the games on it is, is there anything yeah there's cbs and paramount plus just depends is there anything that you want to leave off on anything that you want to promote oh no i'm i'm good i mean obviously yeah i would love more people watched our games they're really exciting but if you know you're a local here our games are allowing fans so um would love the support and then you know come watch you know women play soccer it's fun i want to thank you for coming on and just hoping for a real uh, really good season just excited excited to have a full season this year you know just grateful to have that and thank you very much yeah well thank you so much it was great talking to you Baba Bowie.